Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And good afternoon, good morning, good night, whatever time it is, I hope it is good. You all, we have an amazing guest today. We have Liam Trumbull, who is the SVP and creative lead over at the cool creative company, Super Digital, who has worked with various cool people creating amazing, captivating campaigns for people like Julian Edelman and a few others. And you all, we get into it to talk about creating campaigns that are, you know, localized to big scale, to keeping attention, to keeping creative eyes on it, all the above. It's really cool we get into it. So if you're into cool, captivating campaigns, if you're into sports, if you're into creativity, if you just like listening to things, this episode is for you. So grab a snack, grab a seat, lay down, go for a hot girl walk, hot boy walk, whatever you want to do, and tune in and listen to this episode. All right, Liam, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. All righty. So before we get started, we always ask the question, um, what the term young influential means to you? And it can be like first two words, as broad or as little as you want it to be. Like, we're not picky here. (laughs) Mm. Young influential kind of means to me, like driving impact and making the future like a place that the young generation wants to be. Yeah, I think that that sums it up for me. That works. I mean, that works. Like. There's no wrong answers here. (laughs) So before we get into like the basics of um, super digital and like what all that is, like let's break the foundation down. So like, were you, did you study something creative in school? Like, were you a creative person like growing up or how do we get, how do we get in this realm? Yeah, I'm I'm a college dropout, um, (laughs) which is like (laughs) a good place to start, I guess. Um, I, I grew up making movies and films. So like when I was uh, 10 years old, I started working in like After Effects and Premiere and like cutting and editing and making just stupid little short, you know, movies with friends uh, that led into like, 
you know, doing morning announcements at school and, and kind of editing and running the whole show there. So, um, and which then led to film school. I did film school for a little while, but truthfully, I, I started working like a, a full-time job. I got an internship very quickly, like my freshman year at a, a advertising agency called Havas. Oh, that's so um, dope. Yeah. So that led me to, to just really instantly jumping into the industry, um, which I guess is my now philosophy and style and, and sort of advice that I love to give to people is, is just jumping right in, which if I think about it, that's what I've been doing since I was 10 years old. I wasn't a aspiring filmmaker. I just was, <laughs> you know, I just was doing and making it. Um, but, but yeah, that led, that was sort of my, my career path and ended up just dropping out after the third year to, to start an advertising agency. So it was just too much. I couldn't do any more school. I had to pull the plug. No, I feel that because like when I was coming through with school, I was like trying to balance internships to get the quote unquote real world experience. And but it, yep. it just like as I kept doing it, it just got harder and harder because I had night classes and then like trying yep. to work, had to skip class to like go to premieres and like yeah. doing yeah. work like on in an Uber. Like it was crazy trying to balance it. So, yeah, if um, you yeah. Do not recommend it for anybody like trying to take. Yeah, do not recommend that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, I, and it's interesting because I think about like, you know, would I do the exact same thing again? You know, um, and I think I would. I, th- I think I would, um, which which is kind of interesting. But I definitely took the path of 80 hours a week, you know, hardcore advertising burnout, young kid just kind of trying to absorb and eat everything that he could. Um you know, which had like its bumps along the way, which we can get into around <laughs> around culture and like that sort of stuff in this in this industry that really juices me up and inspires me to kind of do do what I do now. But um, but yeah, I think I'd do it again. <laughs> yeah, like I I yeah I definitely probably yeah definitely if I could do it differently, like I would probably focus a little bit more on doing internships and stuff and like getting that more experience than trying to do that during the year and like balancing out because that was crazy like I think yeah. back sometimes and I'm like how on earth did I like work part-time go to class, like full-time student and try to like enter the entertainment media realm like it may it, it like I had no life like that's all I did was just like school to work back to school back to like it's yep. crazy so like yeah if you can just go and get it just like just go get into it and just like yeah work your way especially up. especially today with like you don't need the I I was on set, right? I was like, you know, doing full production. Now it's just, it's all right here, right? It's like, you know, I think there's a lot more opportunity for people to kind of jump into social and and content creation and advertising, even without going to, you know, like an official school or or a large agency, et cetera. Yeah, and that's what's cool. Like, yeah, like you said, like you can... We're seeing it now, like, I'm thinking of, like, artists like Tate McRae that, like, started making music, like, in their room during COVID and, like, people who started their careers just doing, like, YouTube tutorials or um, – I've also talked to a lot of other people in our field who said they started doing, like, what you said, like, doing Premiere and messing around with stuff. And then, like, somebody saw their work on Instagram and was like, hey, like, come work for us. And they were, like, 16, 17 at the time. And they're like, yeah, I've been in this industry now for, like, 10-plus years and – finished high school and just like started working for this company or that company. So I think that just goes to show like how cool it is now that you can just like break in. Yeah. The self-starter social changed everything with that. You know, I learned so much from like Freddie W quarter digital, all these like iconic YouTube VFX artists, people that were making and just creating on the platform and then teaching. And I think that's a big part of, you know, 
any sort of thing is just paying it, paying it forward. And, and there was so much free knowledge on the internet and there still is. Now, I, in my opinion, it's a lot about just cutting through the noise, right? There's bad advice. <laughs> and I think, I think, you know, maybe back in the YouTube days was a little bit more curated and expertise focused, but you know, now I get on TikTok and it's like every day I get hit with like, here's what you should be doing with your money. And here's the thing you gotta do. And you're like, like, I don't know if I trust this. You're trusty. <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. No. It, yeah. Th- that's yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy because like I know like for me like during uh, during the pandemic when everybody was like making banana bread and froth coffee, which I couldn't do, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna spend six hours every day teaching myself Lightroom and like fine tune my Adobe Photoshop skills, that. and that's what I did. And now like it started as a joke where I was like making like little like mini like After Effects videos, and now I'm like, wait, I'm actually kind of good at this. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but now fast forwarding, can you get can you kind of give us like um, a summary and like idea of like super digital and like how that came to be and like what what it is? Yeah, no, sure. So you know, I uh, I, I started an agency called The Times in um, in Chicago with a, f- a few members from my old agency. You know, built that from zero to twenty, scaled very quickly. Um, you know, and and then I started you know just freelancing uh, a, a ton just as. People do in this like multiple streams of income world, right? Met the founder of Super Digital um, and Biz, who's now my like account counterpart. Did some projects with them and uh, was very fortunate enough to, you know, just walk into Super Digital and, and head up their creative department. Um, the founder was kind of focusing on some Hollywood, larger sort of production things. Wanted to steer a little bit away from social, and um, I was just at the right place at the right time <laughs> with the right sort of expertise and you know, joined and, and quickly kind of, uh, you know, grew into the creative leadership role. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I think being in both a large advertising agency in the early part of my career and then bootstrapping like a startup, you know, in, 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 the, in the second part really taught me a lot about big agency life and small agency life. And so when I entered Super Digital, you know, uh, my goal and my like entire sort of energy and being was to create a, a, a culture and you know, a, a company that really was the Goldilocks agency sat right in between, right? Not too big, not too much hierarchy, not too many rules or traditional traditions, but not too small, not too scrappy, you know, not too underfunded and in, in not resourced properly or sort of, you know, whatever. So that's kind of where Super Digital sat for me. And, and I was fortunate enough to be able to like craft and build that culture with my team. And, you know, we, we went from you know, 15 to 20 people uh, to today, a year and a half later, uh, sitting at like 35, 40 uh, oh, people wow. full time. So yeah, it's been a quick like year and a half uh, <laughs> of growth, but yeah, it's been awesome. No, and I think that's so cool that you touched on the point where you're like, you guys sit between the middle. Like I can definitely like, if you like looking at your guys' work and like the stuff you do, you can tell that's like, you guys work with a lot of big people, but also I still feel like it still has that personal approach like the boutique agencies have where you still feel like they're getting like, very curated like white towel or whatever the term is like yeah, for that like so, type of like personal yeah. size where it's like you don't yeah. feel like that you're just like lost in the noise but like you're getting a personal like rollout yeah. and like help with it which is really cool yeah it's just passion you know like that's that's what i think every person at super digital shares is like a deep burning passion to create something new or innovative or interesting to them um and we encourage a lot of like you know, outside of the box sort of things that, you know, other agencies might not be, 
you know, as uh, as understanding about, you know, we, we encourage freelance and, and sort of like this mentality of you need to be doing a lot of different things. Um, and I think that creates well-rounded teams, well-rounded people who are always thinking about the future, experimenting with things. And, and then that shows up in our in our work and in a passionate way. So and like what's cool about like the work that you guys do is like you do a lot of like digital first campaigns, like with like solely on TikTok and reels and stuff like how does that concept come about because I know like everybody right now is like oh we got to be on here we got to be on here and trying to like figure out how to reach eyes and reach their audiences and all these platforms so like whenever you're working with clients like how do you guys kind of first start with them being like okay this is what we need to do and this is how it's going to work yeah well well super digital has been around for for a while now and it's always been in a social capacity so you know it's it started with um Julian Edelman and, and Guy Fieri um as as two just like large personality brands that we cultivated and brought to life and all of it was social right so you think the glory days of sort of Facebook and Instagram right when they were in their prime and and in fully sort of turning the meme world was kind of something that we started to pioneer with Guy Fieri right he's such an icon in, in the meme world so you know that's been the the core DNA and the lifeblood of, of super digital from the jump so you know I came into the advertising world and space in a similar era, right? When social was was the new thing, right? <laughs> On the block, and Snapchat just came out with their <laughs> AR lenses. You know, it's just like that that whole era of of early Instagram world where you know you link up for photo shoots and things like that on 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 the platforms and and so that's that's what I've known. That's all I've known, right? And I went to a, a film school which focused more on the video creation content, you know, as well. And that's been my life. So, you know, I was never oh my gosh, I need to go and create a Steven Spielberg type movie, right? My, my <laughs> life has been breathing and living on social, on YouTube and Instagram, Snapchat, et cetera. Vine when it was like around. Oh, the, the golden years. Yeah, the golden years. <laughs> so, so, so now, you know, that when I, when I joined Super Digital, it was just second nature. You know, I, I think the biggest strategy and sort of shift we made was, okay, you know what? Instagram is, is a little sunsetting. Like... Uh, <laughs> There's a new platform out here on TikTok, and this was, you know, a year and a half, uh, two years ago. Um, we need to change our whole strategy. So we kind of did some strategic maneuvers with, you know, our teams, uh, you know, worked worked in new people, brought, brought people in who were more focused on short form video. So it wasn't about the platform necessary. It was about the trend of, oh, my goodness, short form video, you know, whether it's seven seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, right? That is going to be the future of, of the world we live in in advertising. And so making those sort of strategic shifts really set us up for success to execute some of these, you know, pitches and initial first projects that got us into the, the TikTok world. Because I feel like with a lot of people now, they're like, oh, like, how do I like, how do I cram all this information into like 10, 15 and whatever seconds? And I remember I was on TikTok and I follow a lot of like marketers on there. And like one of them was saying, like, she was saying that the idea is not cramming whatever it's utilizing every second of it so making sure you're putting in important information because like a lot of times with these like short form things like they'll put like a they'll just say like a random clip from like a two-minute trailer and be like here we go like this will tease them this will reel the kids in this will <laughs> and it's like no like if you're if you're doing 15 seconds like maybe do that 15 or 30 seconds where it like creates suspense or it's a uh, I don't know why I was going to say the word tantalizing. That's not even the right word. But, but like the, where it like draws you and where it makes you want to learn more. Like the thing that I like about whenever like examples like Marvel or 
other movie or streamers do whenever they switch to the like short form on like reels or Instagram or uh, TikTok is they utilize those like 15 or 30 seconds. They don't just like cut randomly and like whatever from the trailer and put it on there. It's like, if you're, you have to know also who that audience is on that platform. So if you're cutting whatever, be like, okay, this is 15 seconds on TikTok. So this is this audience and this demographic. So what's the important thing that we want this group to know from just a short thing? Yeah. And how do we bring them back to our website or to our, uh, to our show or whatever you're trying to promote? I think that's the key. It's not like copy and paste to all the platforms, but how can we utilize whatever amount of seconds, like you said, like to really draw in or really get people into the content? Yeah. I use one word when, when, kicking off briefs or, you know, working with in a more traditional way, it, it, it native, like, is this native to the platform, you know, and I think myself <laughs> and a lot of Gen Zers just laugh when people think they can copy and paste their multi-million dollar commercial campaign and just throw it up on whatever platform they see fit, right? Everything needs to be custom, right? It, it's like, it, it's the same with, you know, and you think about TV, how that started, right? And how that kind of advanced the, the advertising industry. If you just took like a designed billboard poster, right? Which was a lot of the very early world of advertising. And you just ran that for 10 seconds as your commercial on, on TV. People would look at you like you're crazy. Like, what? Why, didn't you <laughs> Why isn't there a person talking? Why isn't there all this production and beautiful design? You know, and, and they're doing the exact same thing. They're taking their poster, they're taking their... <laughs> They're, they're, you know, they're, they're high level, uh, you know, shot, beautiful, super creative, usually right commercial, and they're just putting it right in the wrong place. Um, and so that's, that's our approach. And probably why even you think a lot of our, our work is a little more custom, right? Or bespoke is because we really take the time to think through how is this going to show up on TikTok? How is this going to show up on Instagram and LinkedIn and all, like all these different platforms are so different. So you have to take that custom approach. And I feel like another key thing, it's like, if you don't, if you're like a lot of teams and stuff are like, oh, we're trying to like keep up or whatever. And I feel like a lot of the times it's just like if you have Gen Z or millennial people that work are working in your office, ask for their advice too. like when you're looking at these videos, because like oh. they're spending time on these platforms just as much as like you're trying to market it. So if your own team is saying like, mm, this isn't like like you said, this isn't native, this isn't fitting, like, yeah. let's rethink that. And I feel like we always skip that step where we're like, oh, we didn't even think to ask that people. And I feel like we need to start like let's start there because a lot of people are like oh we don't have the resources to like yeah. hire or whatever um hire like freelancers or whatever whatever people to think i'm like just start in-house like who in who's work who's working with you that reaches an age group like i know yep. i was talking to one person um i forgot what company that they work for but they were like oh we were launching this campaign on snapchat i asked my kids because they're between the ages of 10 and 12 and i was like hey do you guys like this and i'm like yeah. that's that's so simple to do like he was like we didn't have to go out and like do a focus group of like this age group. Like I just started with my own house. And I'm like, a lot of people, I'm yeah. like, just start there. Like if there's your team, if your team doesn't like it, like it's probably not going to sit well. <laughs> yeah. I think the majority of, of our team is, is Gen Z. And that's something that, you know, it is brings us challenges, <laughs> I'll say, but, but also it lets us just be on the ground floor at, at all times. We will, never make a Pepsi mistake, right? Where they, they hand the, the, the <laughs> Pepsi, right? Like we will never make that mistake because we have interns first. We have junior creatives leading and driving ideas. 
and none of our senior creatives are taking their ideas and shoving them down their throat. And that's just how we are structured. That's how we're built. And I think it allows us to really just not have to worry about that problem, <laughs> right? But also, you know, it does bring a set of complications of, okay, some things need to be polished or, or the idea needs to be worked on a bit to get it to a place that, you know, is, is maybe a little bit more balanced and not as Gen Z focused. But that's our approach and strategy, and and man, does it, does it make things easy? It makes th- it makes things just work, you know. But you brought up a good point too. We were like, oh, like most of most of us are Gen Z. Do you feel? I feel like a lot of times, like brands and stuff are like saying, like, oh, how do we focus our content on them, but also like millennials and then older millennials and then whatever. Like, whenever you guys are working on these campaigns and stuff, do you guys kind of struggle with like, okay, how do we make this kind of hit? everybody but also like stay within our like create our normal like what we're used to our our authentic way of working yeah i think people obsess over demographics i think they're obsessed with it in my opinion interests are much more uh the thing that people should be paying attention to and focusing on because the difference between a, a you know gen z and a millennial really isn't that crazy and there's a spectrum like you talked about right between the oldest and the youngest and all in between, right? Like, um, and so we really focus in on what are people's interests that could relate back to this brand. So design, um, fashion, art, music, you know, whatever it is, right? How can we bring in any generation into the mix here, right? Like a lot of our tactics as well is, is using nostalgia, right? That's a piece that Gen Z is obsessed with, Y2K fashion, et cetera. And then millennials just naturally have it ingrained in them, right? Because it's like, oh, this is something I grew up with. This is my childhood. I can emotionally connect to this. So that's often our strategy. But, but you know, at its core, we don't look at demos as much as we look at, like, interests and subculture. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, because it's, like you said, like Gen, like Gen Z's like, attachment to like the Y2K stuff and then millennials, and it's like, oh, that's what they grew up with, whatever, whatever. That's so true, like looking at them more for interest, because now when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking of a lot of campaigns and stuff and 
um, I'm immediately thinking of like the staple, was it Staples? Yeah, the Staples one of the Ace of Base one where I'm like, that was the 80s. Like clearly I was more in the 80s, but it's like, I liked it because it's like, I'm interested in music. So it's like, first is how a lot of people might be like, oh, like they were trying to target like millennials and Gen Z with the nostalgia thing. But it's like, if you just like music and production, like any age person would like that advertisement. So that's, yep. that's, a, that's a really good point. Yeah, you know, it's also interesting. We work on a, a lot of, uh, you know, big, big brands, right? That sometimes aren't the most cutting edge, right? Um, in You know, in a sense of coolness <laughs> or, you know, culturally relevant, right? And so our strategy is, is always the, the trickle down effect a bit too. And I think, you know, Gen Z really is the ones driving and pushing the future of the world, you know, forward, right? So, if we're talking about longevity, we're talking about brand health, you got to hit in between millennials and Gen Zs, right? You, you need to capture the current sort of audience, but then you also need to capture the future. So the work that I'm doing right now, the work that our team is, is grinding on right now is going to really show up and have impact in five years, in 10 years, when these brands that we're you know, creating for and crafting really strong stories and narratives and, and interest, just engaging, entertaining content for you know, has this opportunity to, to show up uh, and be relevant again. Um, and so that's kind of like a little bit of our strategy. And obviously there's more depth to that. Relevance isn't everything, but it's a good place to start um, in the first step of sort of the plan, you know. Because <laughs> like when you said that, I'm thinking of like, I don't know, a window company that's like, hey, we want to let people know that our, we have the best hurricane windows in all yeah. of South New Hampshire. Like, <laughs> what would like... If I came to you like that, where I'm like, I need to make my windows like pop and stuff. Like, what's like? I feel like a lot of times with businesses like that, whenever people are like trying to show, it's like, hey, you need to do this. Like, this might be the way, and they'll sometimes like give pushback. Is there like a way you guys are nicely tell them like, hey, like no, like doing it like this is, you'll be able to see the results that you're looking for if you just like pivot and yeah. listen. Because I feel like a lot of times whenever you're talking to a lot of brands or companies who aren't really like you said, like culturally relevant in that realm and like know what's going on. It's a little bit harder to kind of get them to see your vision yeah. and stuff. So like, are there any like things that you guys do specifically to kind of get them in alignment with that? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of strategy work. Our agency, you know, it is hyper creative focused, but, but we're really strategic creatives at our core. And so that's a, a big part of kind of laying out a narrative, you know, showing people, okay, this is just the beginning. And this is why we're making these decisions and doing these things because it's going to lead to this. Um, you know, on your your window window example uh, for hurricane proofness, like I think a lot of people approach advertising ideas in this in the same way every single time, right? There's a form. We all know the formula. We all know how to make you know a, a paid ad or or a, you know sort of a copy and paste Instagram uh, video, right? But I think we really just start at the core of how do we make something different in in weird. For example, right? Um, you know, if I was thinking about these windows. Um, you know, maybe what I'll do is I'll take, you know, the $100,000 budget they have, right? And because it's so hyper local, instead of, you know, making some videos and running some paid ads and doing that, I'm going to take over every local newspaper in a hundred mile radius front page for a week, which is going to cost me a lot less because, you know, it's old media. Nobody, nobody, you know, pays for advertisements in that as much anymore. So it's a lower cost. Okay, so we can take that whole budget, dominate the local local newspaper front page, put something really weird and interesting on there, like a shattered broken <laughs> window, or you know, like a, like a bullet going towards the window, or a crazy hurricane thing to make people start talking about it, asking questions, right? 
Um, and, and that's, that in my opinion is a strategic and creative, innovative way to approach these problems versus, oh, I'm just going to make a paid ad and be like, these windows are the best, you know, call this number and, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, so, so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. But no, it does. Cause I feel like you also brought up another good point too. It's like everybody's strategy and everybody's like tactic to kind of get your audience isn't going to be the same. Like, I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, like everybody's doing the paid, um, the paid social displays on Instagram. Like that's, that's going to be the only way to art success. And they'll get stuck on that or they'll be like, oh, everybody's over here. And they're doing that. It's like, you also have to know like, okay, like what's going to make the most sense to reach who I'm trying to reach. So like you said, like it's, that's, that was a more localized example. So like doing the newspapers would make more sense than like paying 200,000 to rent off a slot in Times Square. Like, you're not, yeah. that makes yeah. no sense. Cause it's like, you're clear, you're, they're not even over there. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, I feel like another key thing for everybody to understand is like, you don't have to, just because everybody else is doing Facebook reels or whatever, or teaming up with influencers yeah. or whatever for their, what, you don't have to, like you, you can figure, you can do like, do you have to do what makes most sense to you and your business? So like, it might be the newspaper, yeah. right? It might be the content creator, right? It might be just doing cool, um, Pinterest boards on whatever, whatever, and like taking over that way. Like you don't just because another one business that's like you is doing it this a different way doesn't mean you have to, which I think is so yeah. key. Yeah, that's that's hundred percent it. We had this. This made me think of this idea. I can't recall the exact name of it, but there was that massive like Reddit board that people were filling cubes and, and squares mm-hmm. in, and I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was kind of a piece of internet media, right? That everybody was open source creating and, and making things in. And we ended up like creating a start button in it for windows and, and, and just kind of taking over the bottom corner. And we had to like, our interns all day were in there protecting it. And so anytime somebody would change it from a green, you know, square, they do like a blue one, they put it right back to green. <laughs> and so, you know, thinking about just like, yeah, how to, how to test the boundaries and, and do things that are just cool and weird. So it's that healthy balance between follow the flow, follow, you know, what people are, what people are shifting to, because you, you got to, to stay alive <laughs> and to, you know, like keep, keep the machine rolling. But at the same time, you have to have that breathing room to just experiment like crazy and don't be afraid to do something different. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's true too. Cause I know like a lot of times, a lot of marketers and a lot of whatever, are like, Oh, I don't want us to try that because that we, it might not work or whatever. It's like, if you keep doing the same old thing, like, like you said, that's yeah, weird. like you're, you're not going to change. You're not going to go anywhere. It's like what I really like hearing is somebody like I was talking to recently was like, oh, like we'll let our interns or whomever like try something so we can fail fast and like move on. Like if it doesn't stick. And I'm like, Amen. that's so yeah. true. I'm like, we can't get in this concept of like, oh, like just because you don't get it doesn't mean that like it's not going to resonate with your audience. Like you have to just try it and yeah. like let them do it. And a lot of this stuff is low cost. Like some people I've talked to that have like taken their brains to like the next level on like talking to the platforms where like, Yo, our team yeah. was like, it's low cost. It's not costing us any money. They're using their phones. Like we let them do whatever. And if you know, if it doesn't stick, if it doesn't work, like yeah. we're not losing any money. Like it's fine. So I feel like you can't get caught yeah. up in like, oh, that's we've never done that before. That's different. Whatever. What, like you have to just try stuff and like see if it works. Like especially if it's low cost or no cost at all. Yeah. So many people live in fear in advertising, and my like <laughs> mission in life is like how do we break the chain like, come on guys like it, it's it's innovation i would always rather be the underdog than the has been that's like the the mentality i wake up with every day is i'd rather be looked at and laughed at for some shit i'm trying than 
be thought of as, you know, the, the past or, okay, this is something that, you know, doesn't work anymore. A, a good example of what you were talking about that I actually saw yesterday on TikTok, which was really fascinating, is Monty's Burger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, they they kind of dug into their collaboration process, and um, it was it was fascinating. One of the the um, you know girls in charge of their social media and some of their collaborations was uh, running Coachella and doing a lot of that sort of stuff. But they approached their collaborations in a hundred percent free way. So they never pay, brands never pay. They just align themselves with really cool brands and partnerships and people, you know, like Post Malone, et cetera, to do these amazing little burger collaboration boxes, like Happy Meal type things. And it just pops off because they, they they make the right strategic alignment with the right partner. And it's good for all people because it just it just looks looks great and is creative and innovative. Right. And people love that. So and I feel like you, like you saying that, too, with the right creative partner, a lot of times, like <laughs> it's so important that people do their research on whoever they team up with, because it's like. People, especially like if with influencers, like whenever brands are like, oh, we want to work with someone. So like if you're just working with Lil Nas X because like you want to reach like his fans or that like and you're a I don't know, you're a a, a company that makes sweaters for goats. Like we're yeah. all going to know that that's not authentic. <laughs> like it makes no sense. And then, it makes him look- <laughs> and then it makes him look crazy and stuff. So I feel like a lot of times like when like what brands need to know is like whenever you're trying to like also like do that approach like the whole like creator like small collab local approach like make sure it makes sense and like actually know who that creator is and like who their audience is like don't just do something to check a box and be like oh like um i don't know um carrie underwood's from oklahoma too and we were in an oklahoma like burger shop like let's do it's like do you yeah. does she, did she even go there does she like it makes more <laughs> it, it comes across as like more authentic when people are like oh yeah you still like i grew up eating at this at, at big o's burgers like th- that's a club that makes more sense like don't just play with creators or artists or whatever just to like check a box like make sure it also makes sense in the lines and like all goes together i feel like that's something that a lot of brands like keep messing up on if they're just like wanting to work with artists or people because like, oh, that'll be cool. Like that'll reach Gen Z, the young audience. It's like, you look crazy and they look crazy too. Cause like they clearly did it for the check. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think it, we're going to enter a really interesting era in the next like five years when I think, you know, YouTube creators to TikTok creators, the, the, the marketplace is just saturated. Like there, there's so many new creators and people's popping off every day. Right. And, I think the ones that are going to survive, not even thinking about brands right now, I'm thinking about creators, are the ones that make really calculated and smart decisions on who they're partnering with and how they partner with these brands. Because I think the bar is just going to continue to rise for, for brands just to, to in how they collaborate with these people, right? Like you can't just come to, to somebody and say, ah, oh, I just want you in our TV spot as a cameo. You're just going to say these three lines. Like if they are popping in, in culture and in the world and are, are iconic, they are going to have us, they need to have a say in how they show up, right? Because mm-hmm. they understand their audience better than the brand ever will, right? So, you know, I think those creators that'll make those critical decisions and, and say, you know what, actually, you know, I, I, I am a perfect fit for this Taco Bell, uh, you know, pizza thing. I'm Doja Cat, you know, I, I know <laughs> I write a really funny satirical, you know, matter of fact ad and that's perfect and that's spot on, right? Because, because she understands her audience and her brand, Um that's the bar that I think people are going to have to kind of hit. And right now it, we're just so saturated and people are still running kind of the traditional influencer creator 
routes, right, to get the product mm-hmm. out there. I just think five, 10 years from now, it's it's not going to exist, right? So No, I agree with you. It has to be like, you, I feel like we're now seeing like some like Charlie D'Amelio and a few others that are like creating that like long-term goal of it where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm always talking about Dunkin' Donuts, but like how can I turn this into a partnership that goes on or like goes yeah. to the, not just like a quick like post that goes up for like, two days and then they move on and it's whatever. I feel like that is true. Like you have to, we're in the, we're in the area where it's like, okay, you have to see like, how can I turn whatever this is that you're doing into like something long-term that goes on beyond a month, two months. Mr. Beast is, is a person. That's a whole, yeah. 50 to a hundred employees. He's a, he's a company. Mr. Beast is a multimedia conglomerate. Right. And people don't view it as that because it's just one guy, but He's opening up restaurant, ghost restaurants, kitchens, doing collabs constantly, coming out with content across every channel all the time, right? Like that's the future. There's going to be, there's not going to be a million, you know, uh, one-off creators. There's going to be a hundred iconic level creators that own these little empires, right? Uh, and that are essentially, in my in my opinion, I relate it to TV channels, ABC, NBC, mm-hmm. CBS, you know, like the, that's what these people are. Like Mr. Beast is CBS, right? But nobody just really, nobody realizes it quite yet. And I think it'll eventually build to that, to that sort of moment. Yeah. Like so. I, speaking of him, like I just discovered him. Um, I'm late to the party. It's fine. Um, I just discovered him. When was it like over like a thing back in May? And then I went to VidCon and he had like a whole like activation with his like candy and stuff. And then he recently was in the New York City area where he did something at um, one of the malls here and like a whole bunch of people showed like, yo, he's that's that that is like the epitome of like niche community and like truly building your brand off screen and just like building an empire. Like it's 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 amazing. He's got, he, he employs, I think like 50 to a hundred like, people. It's insane. That's, that's mind blowing, right? That's a company. And, and I don't, I just don't think people realize that that's the evolution of content. It, it doesn't really matter what platform it's on or like whatever, it, you know, if you can create like a, a TV channel, right? <laughs> like, a, and, and broadcast your message and do cre- like the reason he's successful is he does really creative and innovative things just constantly. Uh, and he always kind of makes you surprised or you're like guessing what he's going to do next. So it's, yeah, it's brilliant. And it's all, and it just goes to like, okay, if these platforms like die today, do you own your audience? And like, I feel like that's an example of like someone who truly owns her audience. So like if YouTube or whatever goes away today, like he still has all his businesses and people know who he is and like a way for him to take his audience with them. I think that like we've been like reiterating on, that's the key. Like you have to, it, yes, you have to be more than just like your, makeup tutorial or your dance video it's like how are you taking your audience like off screen and then like building on yep. that to a goal that you're working towards 100 percent, yeah and to wrap us up so we've talked about like a lot of creative stuff like what yeah. advice do you have for someone who's listening they've been like yo you guys have said so much cool stuff i want to be creative with my brand and my company but i don't know where to start so like how would you tell someone who's like okay like we want to start making cool reels or we want to start creating campaigns that are standing out like where would they start well first i'd say nothing is original (laughs) everything's everything's a remix so i would find something that you love that your audience loves that you relate to and and just start remixing that (laughs) not copying but you know uh remix stuff and try things you know every day is an opportunity to look out into this crazy world of content that we're, we're now in where people are 
literally you couldn't watch every video that's posted on the internet, right? Like it's physically impossible. So the more things you can get inspired by and then just start trying um, would be would be my advice of a place to start. So, yeah. Boom. Well, Liam, thank you so much for all your help, all your tips, this chat. And yeah, thank you so Appreciate much. You. Appreciate you. This has been really fun. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.